Welcome to the Hello Someday podcast, the podcast for busy women who are ready to drink less and live more. I'm Casey McGuire-Davidson, ex-red wine girl turned life coach, helping women create lives they love without alcohol. But it wasn't that long ago that I was anxious, overwhelmed, and drinking a bottle of wine a night to unwind. I thought that wine was the glue holding my life together, helping me cope with my kids, my stressful job, and my busy life. I didn't realize that my love affair with drinking was making me more anxious and less able to manage my responsibilities. In this podcast, my goal is to teach you the tried and true secrets of creating and living a life you don't want to escape from. Each week, I'll bring you tools, lessons, and conversations to help you drink less and live more. I'll teach you how to navigate our drinking-obsessed culture without a buzz, how to sit with your emotions when you're lonely or angry, frustrated or overwhelmed, how to self-soothe without a drink, and how to turn the decision to stop drinking from your worst-case scenario to the best decision of your life. I am so glad you're here. Now let's get started. Hey there. I've got some big news for you that I have been not so patiently waiting to tell you about. After six months away, my super popular completely free masterclass is back and it's better than ever. I've been working on it for months. So if you have been struggling to get sober momentum, please go to hellosomedaycoaching.com forward slash class. You can sign up for my free training, Five Secrets to Taking a Break from Drinking, even if you've tried and failed in the past. In this 60-minute masterclass, I am going to share with you all the things you need to stop doing because they're setting you up for self-sabotage and what you need to start doing instead. I am giving you the steps and the mindset shifts that I go through every day with my private coaching clients, and it is completely free. So if you are sober curious, if you've been thinking about taking a break from alcohol, this class is going to set you up for success. I promise you it is worth your time. So hit pause on this episode, go to hellosomedaycoaching.com forward slash class and save your seat. Today, we're talking about the best movies, TV shows, and documentaries that feature addiction, recovery, and mental health storylines. And I think that's so important because so many shows on TV and movies glamorize drinking and show the characters drinking all the time. Years ago, the most popular TV shows like Friends and Seinfeld The characters seem to bond more in coffee shops than in wine bars. But these days, whether it's scripted or reality TV, show women drinking either at bars or parties or more often as soon as they walk in the door and take off their heels. And I'm not only thinking of the reality shows like The Bachelor and Real Housewives, but also Jane Fonda in Grace and Frankie, Meredith Grey and her love of tequila on Grey's Anatomy, Olivia Pope in Scandal, where the New York Times actually noted that Olivia is part of the powerful women who enjoy red wine TV trend, along with The Good Wife's Alicia Florek, House of Cards, Claire Underwoods, and pretty much everyone on Cougar Town. In fact, in the show Dead to Me with Christina Applegate, 
Vulture wrote that the best supporting characters in Dead to Me is the amount of wine that Jen and Judy drink. Another article said wine is such a big part of Dead to Me that it should probably get its own cast credit for how often it appears on the screen. And a lot of these shows use the alcohol women drink as a signifier for the kind of women they are and show alcohol as a key ingredient in gatherings, in fun, in romance. They normalize daily drinking and binge drinking, which can be really problematic and triggering when you're trying to stop. Today, we're talking about where you can find compelling TV shows and movies and documentaries with addiction, recovery, and mental health storylines. I want to introduce my guest, Elise Bryson. She's the founder of The Sober Curator, a resource for those seeking content related to recovery or a zero-proof lifestyle that strives to show that sobriety and life without alcohol do not have to be boring. She's a strong woman in recovery, an innovative media maven, a marketing guru, and gal about town. This sober gal has a humorous outlook on life combined with a fierce determination to succeed. Elise, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited to be here and talk about my favorite thing, movies and TV shows and documentaries, because I cannot get enough of that content. Yeah, I love it. And I have to say, I was preparing for this interview and started binging Single Drunk Female, which I love. So I cannot believe I didn't watch it earlier. Over the past couple of days, I've watched seven episodes out of 10 in season one. And I'm so sad it's going to be over. But I was like, excuse me, I have to prepare for my interview. Please don't talk. Yeah, please. This is a lot of tough work. Tough work over here. Just watching the show. It is so funny and so good. Well, and when you emailed me last night to prepare for today's talk, and some of the ones that you sent over that were not on my list, I was like, well, what is this? I need to go watch this. I actually watched The Spectacular Now last night that has, what's his name? The hottie that's in the new Maverick movie. Oh my God, I have Uh, to think of it, but I love hotties. um, He's a good looking fella. I know Uh, it has Shaley Wood, right? It does. And let me look up. What is his name? Let's just look up the spectacular now. Should have had this ready to go in my notes. The cast. All right. I'm searching. Miles Miles Teller. Teller. Miles Teller. He's in the new Top Gun Maverick movie. Have you seen that yet? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. I've seen it four times. And, (laughs) and, Full disclaimer, it has nothing to do with addiction or mental illness, other than the fact that I'm addicted to the movie and I've seen it four times oh, already. He's the guy who plays Goose's son. Goose's he's son. Rooster. Yeah. Yeah. Rooster, the hottie with the mustache. Yep. Yep. Yeah. When I saw that he was in this movie, you sent over the list, I was like, oh, I like him and I like her. So I actually watched it last night. When I was drinking, I used alcohol to calm my mind, to relieve anxiety, and to sleep well at the end of a busy day. I didn't know that alcohol actually spiked my stress hormone, increased anxiety, and as little as one glass of wine a night reduced my sleep quality by 24%. I was really excited to find Tanasi, a better way to find calm, rest, relief, and to reduce inflammation. 
Tanasi creates the highest quality, scientifically validated CBD and hemp extract products. Tanasi's formula includes a unique combination of CBD and CBDA in every dose, which is two times more effective than just CBD alone. So if you want to create a sense of calm, to calm your mind, to relax before bed for a great night of sleep, try Tanasi. Tanasi's being really generous with our listeners. You can go to Tanasi.com and use code HELLO to get 25% off at checkout right now. That's T-A-N-A-S-I.com to get 25% off your first order with the promo code HELLO and get ready to sleep well. And what did you think? It reminded me a lot of how I drank at age. So I think they were like, what, early 20s, it looked mm-hmm. like. I think they were out of, or were they still in high school? I feel like they were in high school. If they were, well, that's still how I drank. Yeah. Still how I drank. Yeah. I think, yeah. The fact that, that alcohol was such a social lubricant in all situations mm-hmm. and so easily accessible, right? Even by underage minors. That was my experience too. Yeah. Absolutely. I wanted to talk to you about this because I know you got you are all about curating all the best things in alcohol-free life, in sobriety. And you told me you were putting together this list. And I loved it because I'm on some of these secret groups and people, the not drinking Facebook groups, people are always asking what they should watch. Tell me what your favorites are. Like if someone was just coming and saying, all right, I want to watch some new movies on this. Which, which ones would you recommend? Okay, that's really, that's a good, I'm going to have to really think about my answers here. I have them broken out. The list has over 75 movies, TV shows, or documentaries. And I have them broken out in those three categories, movie, TV series, or documentary. I have to then talk about favorites in each category because yeah, there's a way for me to talk like favorite, favorite. I'm just going to give a nod to 28 Days with Sandra Bullock because it's a classic, right? It's definitely one that I, that was out when I was in early recovery and I recently celebrated 16 years. So mm-hmm. I've been doing this for a little bit now. And when I first got sober, to be honest with you, there was not a lot of representation of alcoholism and addiction in a positive way yeah. in TVs and movies like we're starting to see it now, right? Like with what you just talked about, single drunk female. Like, I wish a show like that had existed when I first got sober. But when I first got sober, I was still binge watching Sex and the City and and drooling over their cosmopolitans, right? As far as, like, my favorite movies, I actually really, really love, I really love Flight with Denzel Washington. Mm -hmm. I found so many parts of that movie just had the the addiction, how strong of a put has over someone, especially when faced with like a big life changing, like he's about to go to court, he needs to like straighten up and fly right, no pun intended. And yet he still like, can't, can't say no to the bottles. I I felt like that movie really spoke to me. I saw it multiple times. I think he did an amazing job at really embracing that character. And Denzel is just amazing to watch always. I mean, he's just, he's just amazing. I also, I loved the new Star is Born with Lady Gaga. I saw that also multiple times. And that was Bradley Cooper, right? 
Yeah, it was Bradley Cooper. Yeah, and he is sober. And I think that he played the role of an alcoholic, especially one with that kind of fame and notoriety access when it comes to when you're famous like that, like you, everything rolls your way because yeah. everybody wants a piece of of the limelight. Right. And I felt like that movie was very sad, but very well done in 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 the reality of even though he had everything going for him. It's still that pull to the bottle was so strong. Yeah. It was so strong. And he had so many people taking care of him, right? Yes. And enabling driver, him, like propping him up. And enabling him. Yeah. 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 One of the things I loved about that is so two things, both movies that you mentioned. One, Denzel Washington actually gave up alcohol in 2014. He said, I'll put it this way. When you're toasted, you need a day to recover. You get a hangover. So that's two days out of your life. He said, I don't have time to waste. And I love that. And mm-hmm. then also Bradley Cooper, he he is sober and got sober fairly young. Um, mm-hmm. But I love that. A, in The Hangover, everybody, that movie is all about drinking and all about portraying drinking as super fun. And I thought it was interesting that he was sober in that. I mean, it, it depicts the blackouts and the really bad parts of being drunk as well, but does it in a very funny way where yeah. they're sort of glamorizing it. But in A Star is Born, I absolutely agree. I think that is a really great movie. And the other thing I loved about that movie was Bradley Cooper got singing lessons and advice for drinking on the road in a band by Jason Isbell who is one of my favorite singers, who is also sober. I just think it was a really cool connection and very authentic. Yeah, I mean, the amount of research that goes into filmmaking and TV show making, like, those details don't just happen by accident, right? There's a lot of time and effort. And my background, I actually worked for a TV station for the last six years. I love when I see that the attention to detail is so interwoven throughout a story script and that they're really, really trying because that's what attract people love stories, right? People love storytelling and their identification process that happens. And I think the more that we're seeing not just the stereotypical things play out in, in film and TV shows, but we're starting to see real characters. I want to give you an example of this to put it in context. Okay, let's go back to single drunk female because you were just binge watching that one. I love that there's a character in that show who is, it's not about her in early recovery or just getting out of treatment or her blackout. She's 10 years in the future. She's a sponsor. She has a girlfriend or a wife. I can't remember the situation, but she's doing very well in her career. She owns her home, right? She has her shit together. Like, that's who I want to identify with. I want to see more storylines with TV shows and movies where the the characters are in long-term recovery. Right. I don't always want to see. I mean, I I am a sucker for a before and after. I'm not going to lie. Right. But I also want to see more stories like, so you're sober. Now what? Like what happens? Because we get sober for a reason. Everybody has their own motivation, but usually it's because they want a better life. Right. They don't they don't like the consequences that have been coming their way. Yeah, I completely agree. I mean, I love that character of her sponsor. Just super impressive. Absolutely has her shit together. I also love in single drunk female, like 
she comes home from rehab and her mom's like drinking wine in front of her and sort of justifying, well, I don't have a problem. Everybody likes wine. I like it every night. Like this isn't a big deal. And just sort of navigating every awkward situation of people trying to say the right thing or not, or trying to figure out what to do on St. Patty's Day. And of course, the the guy in Single Drunk Female is so cute. I'm, of course, hoping they're going to hook up. But it's a great story. And what I like about it, too, is The Guardian actually wrote an article called The Rise of Sober Curious TV. And if you think back five or 10 years ago, there was nothing like this in terms of what was out there. And, And they write about both Single Drunk Female, but also the flight attendant and showing that like female sobriety can be a source of great TV, not only the story of them drinking, right? Because we see that a lot. But afterwards, like in the flight attendant, I think in season two, she's made made it one year sober and is living her life in LA. And of course, there's always drama and everything else. But it's really great to see. Oh, my gosh. Can we talk about perimenopause, menopause, and postmenopause for a minute? I am 48, so if you're going through it, I'm right there with you. I mean, hot flashes and night sweats, racing thoughts, the low moods, the poor sleep, it is not cool. And that's why I was really excited to find a supplement called Hormone Harmony by Happy Mammoth. It contains science-backed herbal extracts called adaptogens. They help the body adapt to any stressors like those super fun hormonal changes. It helps reduce menopause symptoms head on. And if you're interested in trying it, you can use the code HELLO for 15% off your first order. Women cannot stop raving about it on social media, but the biggest benefit is the simplest, feeling like yourself again. So if you're going through this, like I'm going through this, for a limited time, you can get 15% off your first order at happymammoth.com with promo code HELLO. That's happy, M-A-M-M-O-T-H.com. And use promo code HELLO for 15% off your first order. Yeah, 100%. And I think that for for us to get more of what we want, like we have to be watching these films and shows. Like it's our responsibility. They're only going to make more of what people watch and consume and what they talk about, right? And what makes headlines. And it's really important that we do support that are speaking to us in this way, that more and more films and storylines will be will be made. Yeah. Yeah. I've got to ask you then back, okay, before we switch over to TV show or documentary favorites, what what's a favorite movie for you? Well, I love 28 Days too. I mean, I love Sandra Bullock and it was just a good entertaining movie. I have to say one that hits close to home and actually hits way too close to home for me. I watched it when I was still drinking and I was like, when you sort of look away because you're like, yikes, this could be me in five, 10 years is yeah. When a Man Loves a Woman with Meg Ryan yeah. and Andy yeah. Garcia. In theory, she has her whole life together, a husband, a house, two beautiful kids, and just drinking with her young daughters at home and her husband sort of trying to take care of her and enabling her and on vacation in in 
Mexico. I mean, I actually went on my honeymoon right at a resort right next to that resort where they went in that scene with the plunge pools. We ate dinner there and it all just hit so close to home for me. It was so well acted and yet sad and tragic, but like not your typical story. So, and then her coming out of being sober and trying to renegotiate all of those relationships and figure it out. And that one was really close to home. I liked Rachel getting married with Anne Hathaway. I did too. And I don't always love Anne Hathaway and everything. Mm-hmm. Sometimes she gets on my nerves a little bit. Sorry, Anne. I still appreciate your work for sure. But in this one, I felt like she really did like she I mean, she clearly did her research in taking on that persona because like it was just hard to love that character because she was just yes. self-centered to the extreme. Right. Yeah. yeah. It's just all about her all the time. Which is usually at the root of (laughs) of addiction. Yeah. And I never saw Smashed, but I was curious what you thought of it. When I was doing research, I was like, this sounds like a movie I'd love. Yeah. You have to see Smashed. I only saw... Smashed came out, I think it was 2012. Okay. But I only discovered it two years ago when I first launched The Sober Curator. It was one that I was like, oh, this movie got by me. So I'm going to go watch it and then write write a review on it. So it was one of the first reviews I did on the site. And it was heartbreaking, but it's got the guy from the younger guy from Breaking Bad in it, who Mm -hmm. I just think is adorable. Yeah. And I think you said, I think you pointed out that the people that made Smashed also made the spectacular net, which we talked about. Yeah. I just thought it was really, really well done and a really good portrayal of what happens that just because we get sober doesn't mean that life is easy, right? Yeah. And it's been a while since I've seen it, but I remember thinking this is one I would definitely watch again. Yeah. And what I love about it too, in reading about it, why I want to see it, because I hear a lot of my clients, their their spouses, their drinking buddy, that's what they do together. And sort of the synopsis of the movie is a married couple whose bond is built on a mutual love of alcohol, get their relationship put to the test when the wife decides to get sober. And I think just so many people have that experience. Yeah, absolutely. Another one that I love that I actually don't, it's an older one, but Gia with Angelina Jolie, Mm -hmm. her performance there of the real life model Gia is, I mean, it is, it is heartbreaking. It is a hard, that one is a hard one to watch, but just like her kind of stellar performance in Girl Interrupted, Angelina Jolie really brings it home with the character in Gia, like just phenomenal. Yeah. Phenomenal. Yeah. I kind of like the lighter, less tragic movies. I mean, that's just me. I haven't watched this one yet, but the description sounds really good. I don't know if you've seen it, Burnt with Bradley Cooper. I have not seen that one yet. In that one, it says uh, he's a chef who destroyed his career with drugs and diva behavior, but cleans up and returns to London, determined to redeem himself by spearheading a top restaurant. I like the redemption stories. I like to see what happens after they decide to get sober. Right. Because, and I think that's a great point, right? Like, yes, we all know the stereotypical blackout drinker, drug addict story. We know that story doesn't end well, right? 
But what do they do after they pick themselves back up? Those are the, just like what you said, those are the stories that I really, I find those really hopeful, right? Yeah. And you yeah. know, it's funny not to go back to single drunk female, but just because I just oh, saw we can it, keep talking about it. There were so many places where I laughed, like where she was like, she meets this guy who's also in sobriety, in recovery, and he recognizes her. Apparently they hooked up. Yeah. On Thanksgiving. And she has no recollection of it. And then she's walking through New York and like being like, oh, yeah, I threw up there. Or she has like a zero rating for, or like a 1.7 rating from Uber and Lyft. No ride shares will pick her up. Like that shit's just funny. Yeah. And I was sort it's of a hilarious. blackout drinker where people were always telling me what happened. And I'm like, oh, so I just... I was laughing because some of this stuff is really funny looking back at it. I actually just had an experience over the weekend here in Seattle. We had recovery day at the Mariners game. Mm -hmm. So it was just a section of the ballpark where if you bought a ticket, you sat in the section with people that were all recovering out loud, right? All walks of life, all ways past the ways of recovery. And I was volunteering at this event and this couple was also volunteering at the event and they came up to me and they were like, oh, we remember you before you got sober. We're oh so God. glad to see you here. Like, you really need to be here, right? And I, <laughs> it was just wild because they used to be my bartenders like back in the day. I was just like, I'm so glad we're all here, right? Yes. It was just really, it was, it was crazy. But yes, those kinds of little things that are, are, are funny, like, not everybody may appreciate the humor in a tour of all the places that you puked in a city, but like, I've got one of those, right? Like, you've got probably, probably got one of those. Like, if we can't laugh, then right? we're going to cry. So I would rather laugh. Yeah. One yeah. of my favorite stories is I literally puked on myself on the way home from a business trip with my coworker in the car, Ooh, like in the morning. Too. There was, an, yeah, I get really sick and I was like, Oh my God, I just couldn't, we were driving to LAX and I was just feeling ill and like rolling down the window and like, dear God, please let me get there. You know how you're just like, please, please, please. Yeah. And I just yeah. threw up and I didn't have anything. And I was like talking to my husband afterwards and I was like, you don't think he's going to tell anyone, do you? And he was like, you threw up on yourself. So like we were both directors and, and I was, he's, yeah, he's like, going to tell everybody for the sure rest he's of time. Tell yeah. someone. And I was like, maybe he's going to think I'm pregnant. That would be better. And he was like, you were drinking with him last night. I was like, yeah, <laughs> shit, there is zero way to spin this one. <laughs> I've got, I've got a shame story for you since, since you just shared one, I'll go vulnerable. I was a freshman in college. I just started at a university and it did not take very long to find the party girls. And we would all been drinking and we were going to an underage dance club. And I, this was back in the late nineties, right? I was wearing white denim shorts Ooh. and like a cutoff flannel top. Cause I live in Seattle yep. and Doc Martens, right. And my huge hair. And we pulled up to the parking lot to go to this underage dance club. And I really had to go to the bathroom and I knew I wasn't going to make it through the line into the club. So, and I didn't, I really didn't, I didn't care about peeing outside, but I didn't want to get anything on my white shorts because yeah. we were about to go into like a club yeah. where it would like show and glow and whatever. When my drunken stupor, and this yeah. is my first night out with all my new friends, right? I was like, I know I'll take my shorts off and I'll go over here and pee and then I'll come back and I'll put my shorts back on. 
which probably would have worked, except I was so drunk, I took warts off and then I proceeded to pee right on top of them. Oh my God. Oh my God. Did you remember it? Yeah. Somebody had to take me back to the dorm. Yeah. I had to go back to the dorm. I couldn't, I couldn't go. I definitely couldn't go into the club with pee soaked white shorts. Yeah. That's pretty bad. I mean, no offense. But I had to walk into the dorm in just underwear. It was so embarrassing. Yeah. That makes me think of another story, but I'm not going to tell it because we need to go back to the movies and TV. <laughs> back to the movies. Yes. Okay. Well, we've talked about some movies, but and I know we keep talking about single drunk female, but what about other TV shows? Do you have, because there's a lot that I love, like This Is Us on NBC. Yes, with Kevin. That's, well, first of all, mm-hmm. everyone's addicted to This Is Us. Yeah. There's it's, that. It's so good. But yeah, talk about that storyline. So, yeah, we've got Kevin is the addict in that situation. And that show is, I don't know how many seasons they have, like out five, maybe six. Mm -hmm. I should know that. I just, I worked for an NBC station. But we also know that in the storyline, Kevin's dad, who passes away when he's like 18. And for those of you that have never watched This Is Us, it's a storyline between three kids and a mom and her husband, but the husband passes when the kids are like, I don't know, 16. And the story jumps from present day back to when they were kids to present day to back to when they were kids. Yeah. And it it's at different ages of, of whatever. And he's an alcoholic in, in the storyline. And his dad was an alcoholic. We see the ge- genealogy of, of the disease come through in that storyline. And then as the seasons and the show progress, Kevin ends up like reuniting with his uncle, his dad's brother, who's an alcoholic, right? And alcohol use disorder, whichever it is more comfortable for you. And it just kind of shows how that storyline interweaves throughout all, all these different years and how it affects the mom and how it affects the brother and the sister and like, and the girlfriend and like all the players, right? Because yeah. what we know to be true is that addiction and mental illness don't just affect the person who's going through it truly if it's a family thing, right? And I think This Is Us does a good job of showing all the layers that yeah. with that. Yeah. And I love that they that they approach that from someone who seemingly had it all. You know, right? Was it good looks, was it movie super star? good looking, had a girlfriend at the time he went back to alcohol and pills, like loving family, all of that, just to kind of show that it's not your stereotypical person who struggles with alcohol. Yeah. And then you talked about flight attendant. I yes. loved The Flight Attendant with Kaylee Cuoco. Yeah. You know, it's a very extreme show that is pushes the boundary of the imaginations, but there's a lot of real life to it too. And I actually worked for the for the airlines. I went to International Air Academy when I was 19 wow. and worked for the airlines and that is it's alcohol abuse disorder is very prevalent in a lot of industries, but very much in the travel industry, specifically with people that flight attendants and pilots and whatnot. Because you're like in a different hotel every night, hotel bars. You can get away with anything, right? Nobody's going to know who you are or where you're from. Yeah. One of the shows I liked, and it was one you didn't have on your list, but it's, it's a show that's been pretty hot over the past couple of years. It's all American which is, I mentioned, I love teen dramas, teen coming to make dramas. And it's also about football. So it's got the inner city kid going to the rich area. It's got relationships. It's got sports, all the good stuff. 
But there is the daughter of the football coach who has a lot of money. She has a twin brother. She has all this stuff. And they sort of reveal after you get to know her that she was addicted to alcohol and pills to get over sort of feeling invisible to her Mm -hmm. parents and her brother, even though she was like the all-star student. The part I liked about the storyline is she had a near overdose. She went to rehab and then she comes home and they act like she's fixed. Like they don't ever need to talk about it again. Like it's all good. And the second time, like on her one year anniversary, when she drinks again, they finally get to, oh, it wasn't just the drinking and the pills. It was the family dynamic. And that's something we've never talked about and that we need to talk about. And we actually need to not pay more attention to you, but sort of fix some of the un unresolved things that have just been part of the way the family operates. And I thought that was, and plus she's really smart and it's really interesting and it's just a great show. I'm going to, I'm going to have to check that one out. I think you've convinced me, Casey, that I that to my playlist. All right. Tell me how you like it. I will. Another one that I love is Louder Milk. It takes place in Seattle. Of course, I like it because cat takes place in Seattle. And it's a group of predominantly men that are in this group that they call sober friends that Mm -hmm. meet in a church. I don't know if it's like trying to like knock off of a a 12 step type vibe or not. But he's like the group, the group leader. And he's in recovery. And it's predominantly men. But there's a gal that ends up in their circle. And it's, it's really more about this kind of group of misfits, right? But it's got all of the it's more I find it more on the comedy humor side than on the dark dramedy side. Yeah, I guess maybe there's a dramedy. And it has three seasons, I think. And the episodes are pretty short, which I like. So it's not like a huge time commitment. But it, I'm not there. There were one or two episodes that I cried at, but I laughed more than I cried watching mm-hmm. that movie or that TV series, which I think is available on Amazon. I thought that one was good. Dope Sick that came out on Hulu about a year ago now with Michael Keaton was incredibly hard to watch because it's based on all real life, true, true things that happen around Big Pharma. And he, you know, the award that he won for being the best actor in in, in that series, hands down, he deserved. Mm-hmm. I the, the the series was incredibly hard to watch. A year ago when it came out, I had a club on Clubhouse and we would every week we would all log on and talk about that week's episode because it was just like so intense, right? And it was mm-hmm. so aggravating to like see like what you know how the opioid epidemic like how it took off basically because of greed of big pharma and that one was not warm and fuzzy not did not laugh but i still think it's really important work because so hopefully some people watch that that just thought they were watching the new hit series on hulu and then maybe they were educated on you know on 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 what's really gone down in ways that maybe they didn't realize. Well, and it's timely and understanding what's in the news, right? In terms of big yeah. pharma getting sued and being held accountable for yeah. trying to get people addicted to yeah. their products that was really mm-hmm. damaging. Mm-hmm. Another one that I like is Flack. Have you seen Flack? No. Is that the oh, one with Will Arnett? Like oh no, that's flaked. Okay. That's flaked. I also like flaked. I have not finished flaked. 
it did not hold me long enough to binge through it. Yeah. But Flack has Anna Paquin. Oh, yeah. Um, from True Blood. It's her and these two other women are in basically a PR firm in London. The fashion. I mean, oh, oh. girl, the fashion. I'm here for the fashion. I'm super interested I'm here, in this. And this now. All their, yeah, all their clients are like bougie celebrities or really, really well off people that basically are pe- paying them to fix their problems. Right. And Anna Paquin's character is pretty much a raging alcoholic. Like, and she has all kinds of consequences. And she does attempt sobriety at different parts of the storyline. And I don't want to give away too much for people who haven't seen it. But I mean, you've got London, you've got celebrities, and each episode kind of has its own storyline. But then there's things happening that weave it all together, right? Mm -hmm. It, I love that show. I love right. it. Now, some people might find it triggering. I have yeah. heard that. And when we do reviews for shows or TVs or even documentaries at The Sober Curator, we try to put in the notes like how triggering something was. And again, we can't predict end all be yeah. all. But some shows like Euphoria, for example, a little more triggering than others, right? Yeah. I have to say that definitely, I mean, a lot of people binge their way through early sobriety, which is a completely valid, valid way. But there are definitely shows that are super triggering. I mean, I know, like dead to me, I could never have watched in early sobriety just due to the amount of time they're drinking on screen and glamorizing it and showing it as the way to bond. And, you know, there are other shows like that when you see even negative consequences, you're just like, yikes, this is hitting a little close to home for me. I I remember reading a book in early sobriety about sort of a a drunk mom. And I was like, yeah, I can't read this. This is like, this is upsetting to me. I'm going to need to read something that's a little bit lighter and fluffier or helpful or something. Yeah. And you just have to know that in, right? You just have to know going in that maybe, I'll be honest with you, one of our assignments for the Sober Curators for the month of August is that we've all gone, we're all going to watch the new Elvis movie. And then we're going to, in September, we're going to come together and record our feedback. And I went to go see the new Elvis movie last weekend. And we know how that story ends, right? And, And I had a friend that was visiting me in town. She's also sober. She has around 10 years sober. And we were having the best weekend. Like we had gone sightseeing and we'd gone shopping and out to dinner and we'd gone and just done all kinds of fun things. And then we went to go see Elvis and like talk about a buzzkill. Oh, wow. Like we walked out of there and I was like, I'm so depressed right now. Okay. I, and so it was like one of those things where I think it was a good film and it was, it was definitely done in a very artistic way and there's some important messaging there like I kind of wish I would have real I would have yeah. known ahead of time how depressing it was going to be because I just would have picked a different time to watch it right yeah because we were having like this really fun weekend and then it just kind of came to a crashing halt because this movie was just so dark and Tom yeah. Hanks pay, plays a gad, bad guy which is like so confusing right yeah yeah so, and and I completely get that. I mean, you have to be in the right mood for some of these. A movie yeah. that I thought was pretty fun, even though it's not super old, I guess, is Postcards from the Edge. 
Yeah. That was written by Carrie Fisher, I think based on her real life experience with her mom, Debbie Reynolds. Her mom, yes. For people who are way younger than us, Carrie Fisher was Princess Leia Leia. in Uh Star Wars. But it stars Meryl Streep and Shirley MacLaine and Dennis Quaid. And it's talking about a substance addicted actress tries to look on the bright side as she's forced to move back in with her mother to avoid unemployment. But it's it's funny. It's a funny movie, but also really definitely has a lot of the substance addiction and and addiction in families and all of that in there as well. Mm -hmm. I love Carrie Fisher. I actually saw her perform live in stand up before she passed. Mm -hmm. And I was I'm a huge Star Wars nerd. And I actually just side note on Carrie Fisher, I just finished Baby by Selma Blair, her her memoir documentary. Yeah, I didn't realize. Oh, it's so good. Okay, I gotta read that. I highly recommend uh, if you like Audible and you like listening to books, Selma, it's in her voice on Audible. And it felt like I was like listening to a movie instead of reading it was so good. But she talks about she talks about different struggles with addiction over the years and being famous and how how that shows up. There's also a lot of good fashion in the oh, book yeah. or references. But she was really good friends with Carrie Fisher. That was oh. something that they shared in common was recovery. And she actually one of her things, she was married a couple different times, but she actually got married in, in Carrie Fisher's backyard. Oh, wow. I had no idea. I love celebrity celebrities who quit autobiography. I really enjoyed the audiobook of Rob Lowe's story. I only tell my friends there's like great movie recaps, a good amount of celebrity gossip and a great story in there. I loved that one. Hi there. If you're listening to this episode and have been trying to take a break from drinking, but keep starting and stopping and starting again, I want to invite you to take a look at my on-demand coaching course, the Sobriety Starter Kit. The Sobriety Starter Kit is an online self-study sober coaching course that will help you quit drinking and build a life you love without alcohol, without white knuckling it or hating the process. The course includes the exact step-by-step coaching framework I work through with my private coaching clients, but at a much more affordable price than one-on-one coaching. And the Sobriety Starter Kit is ready, waiting, and available to support you anytime you need it. And when it fits into your schedule, you don't need to work your life around group meetings or classes at a specific day or time. This course is not a 30-day challenge or a one day at a time approach. Instead, it's a step-by-step formula for changing your relationship with alcohol. The course will help you turn the decision to stop drinking from your worst case scenario to the best decision of your life. You will sleep better and have more energy. You'll look better and feel better. You'll have more patience and less anxiety. And with my approach, you won't feel deprived or isolated in the process. So if you're interested in learning more about all the details, please go to www.sobrietystarterkit.com. You can start at any time, and I would love to see you in the course.
Yeah, absolutely. Trying to think of another series that just came out a few months back was The First Lady on HBO Max. And it had Michelle Pfeiffer was playing Betty Ford. Oh, wow. Um, I haven't seen and that. It shows who's the actress that plays Michelle Obama. And then there's another. The other one is Eleanor Roosevelt. It's following those three first ladies, obviously very different time periods, but their time in the White House. Obviously, we do see Betty Ford's drinking and and like how that kind of shapes. And I've read up on a lot of it. Betty, Betty Ford was phenomenal in the work yeah. that she did. She was so ahead of her time as far as like recovering out loud in the 70s yes. on TV. Are you kidding me? As like, a that's first a lady. big deal. Like as a first lady, that's a huge, huge deal. And the work she's she then went on to do is like is mind blowing. But Michelle Pfeiffer does a great job. I, I don't know if that series is getting picked up for a second season and if they do will they pick up the same first wives or will it start with other ones i'm not sure but there's not a ton of addiction in in the storyline but enough right enough that it could make it on the list i'm looking at it right now it looks fantastic that is definitely items again the 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 fashion and the costumes are amazing yeah i think another one i loved it was i believe netflix and it was just a great series was Queen's Gambit, the one about so chess. Good. So yeah, well so- acted, so interesting. And, but there were definitely quite a few scenes where she was about to stop drinking, like right before start drinking, right before like a big match. And you're just watching your, her and you're like, oh, dear God, no, don't do it. You know, like going down to the bar and oh, you're just like, you know how it's going to end. Yeah. Yeah, I know. The fashion was also really good in that series. Also good. Also You're good. super into fashion is what I'm super, hearing. Super, super into fashion. I will travel for fashion exhibits at museums. Like I'm, I, I've been to lots of fashion weeks. I'm, I'm here for it. Awesome. So I have a question. I've never really watched much of mom, um, but people talk about it all the time. So what do you think of that show? That's the one with Allison Janney as the mom. And the daughter, oh gosh, I'm forgetting her name, the actress. But they're both in recovery. Yeah, they're both in AA, basically. Mom TV series. Let me just pull up. As soon as I see her name, I'm going to be like, oh yeah, duh. Anna Ferris. I was like, she was Anna Ferris. Chris Pratt, I think, but that's all I right. know. Okay. Yes. And then, and Chris Pratt is from the Pacific Northwest. I know he is. Circle. I have watched episodes here and there. I was not a diehard watcher yeah. of it. I think it's slapstick funny. I know a lot of people like it. It just wasn't a show that drew me in to watch yeah. every single episode, but I have certainly watched episodes over the years and laughed. Yeah, it's like the old school comedy. Like, yeah, it's, I feel it's, like... it feels like it's more in the in the Seinfeld Friends era of. Oh, time. I'm even like, thinking like it reminded me when I watched it of like Growing Pains or the Hogan oh, Family sure. or something like Full sure. House. I was like, yeah. oh, okay. Yeah. Do you remember though? Do you remember the episode of Little House in the Prairie when Charles has a drug addiction? Not Charles, uh, son. I don't, but I watched um, a Albert? lot of Little House Albert? on the Prairie as a kid. Was it Albert? Somebody. Anyway, it's, you know what? It's, here's what I have found with TV shows and movies. 
usually there's a character in every single in every single show that has some kind of a yeah little too close of a relationship with alcohol and drugs, right? Yes. Because the fact of the matter is that is real life, right? Yeah, I heard well, I was interviewing a guest recently who's a writer and she said that one in 10 people struggle with alcohol abuse, but one in three sort of abuse alcohol or have a problematic yeah. relationship with it, which I believe. And, but here's a redeeming fact. One in 10 people are in long-term recovery. That's yeah. almost in the United States. That's almost 24 million people in recovery. That's so amazing. there's a lot of people that are getting help. Right? Yeah. So if you so, feel like you're the only one out there, you absolutely are not either if you're struggling with absolutely. alcohol or if you're living alcohol free. Yeah. I, I know that we're going to get close to our time and I don't, I don't want to miss the documentary. Yeah, uh, let's go. This, this uh, call just because I think that there have been some really great documentaries done out there. One that I thought was really, really good was a recently count a year or two ago. It's Bobby Joe under the influence. And I actually got to interview her and talk with a producer. And she is in the Kansas City area. And she had a very, 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 very hard life. I won't go into all the details of that here. But then after she got sober, she was so moved to want to help other women that were in similar situations of her that she was in. There were drugs, prostitution, a lot of domestic violence. There was a lot of a lot of hard topics, right? And she's made it her life's work to create a space for people in recovery to not just not just get recovery tools, but really wrap around services, whether they need a place to, they need community, they need a place to live, they need food, they need training. And she's built, she's built this, basically, she's taken over this block in, in Kansas City. And when her parents passed away, and she got this lump of money, she reinvested it into, into this first house. And then over the years, it's grown in the development. And now it's helping like, 200, 300 people at any given time are being in the program and being helped. And I just thought like it was such a great example of a real person, not a celebrity that had this really painful past. But then not only did she turn her life around, but then she's working to help others in whatever way that they're needing. And I, I thought that one was it was really, really well done. Yeah. One on your list that I was really interested in seeing was the one on Anthony Bourdain. Roadrunner. So good. Yeah, very good. You know, I was always interested in that. Obviously, when he passed away, it was shocking and he was such a big character, but also that he used to be an addict and yet he was drinking in all of his documentaries and his shows and everything like that. And I just, I'm looking forward to watching that because he had such an interesting life and, and also everything that happened. He was a really complicated guy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think another one that came out recently in the last two years was the Demi Lovato. I think it was a year ago mm-hmm. came out at the time when that came out. She was California sober. I think since then she's now sober, sober. Mm-hmm. I don't know. She hasn't called me. So we're not totally tracking on that. Right. Yeah. But I'm just what I read off the headlines. And that was really controversial, right? Because people were yeah. in an uproar yeah. over is California sober, really sober or not? which gets into a whole harm reduction conversation. And like, there are a lot of strong opinions can 
What I hope with that documentary, and there's even Elton John makes a cameo appearance in that documentary. And, you know, he's got, I don't know how much time he has, 20, 30 years oh, yeah. of time, right? a lot of time. And, you know, he he vocalizes his concerns around the California sober, essentially. And what I hope is that I don't, whether you were for that documentary or against it, I don't care. The fact of the matter is, it's talking, right? Yeah. And if we're talking, then there's an opportunity to create change. If we're not talking about it and it's a secret and it's just like, oh, we don't talk about that, right? Then nothing will change. It'll just be the same, more of the same. And I don't guess I'm of the camp of no, there's no such thing as bad press, right? Because it stirs up the conversation. And then so many people were talking about it, pro or for, it doesn't matter. The fact that people are talking about it, I think opens the door that a lot more people can get help, right? I completely agree. I think that's that's completely true. And I was interesting. You mentioned Elton John and on your list of movies, you had Rocket Man. Yeah, that was another good one. Did you see that one? I have not yet, but I want to. It's yeah, it's, it's good. on my list. And then Ray, of course, also another great documentary or uh, movie. Um, mm-hmm. I love all the sort of music movies, real life interpretations of people. I just think they're so yeah. fun. Did I have that one? I think I need to add that Yeah, one. you had it on your list. This is a li- like, I, this is a never ending list. I'm always like, oh, here's another one. Oh, here's another one, right? I don't know that this list will ever be finalized. Yeah. But we are going to get a working version of it up onto the site. So at least people can have a starting point. And what I've done on our YouTube account is I've actually created a playlist of it's got over 50 movie trailers in it oh, that I all deal that. with addiction. So you can just go to the playlist and you can check out through there and then actually watch the trailers. That's um, great. But, can we link um, that's to that? Really, that's, we can link to that. Let's absolutely link to that. That would be great. I'll send it to you as soon as we finish here. Yeah. Nice. Well, I love this conversation. I I I am a, a binger of shows. I've got a bunch more on my list right now, which is very cool. Well, if you if you want to watch something together and then I come back on and we talk about it, like, I'm here for you, girl. I will sign up for that conversation any day. Okay, wait. There's one on your list that I wanted to hear about. It was Spencer about oh, but, uh, Diana. Princess Di. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Tell me about the so addiction storyline in there. That one addiction is she has an eating disorder and there's some there's some mental illness at play, right? And so it's really kind of through that lens. Yeah. I'm very broad when I look at things addiction-wise. Well, because yeah, and you talk about mental health storylines as well. Yeah. Absolutely. And we know that. And I've, I am, if there's anything that comes out on the Royals, like... I've seen it. If there's a podcast, I've listened to it. Like I cannot get enough of British history, just to be honest with you. But there's she, her story is incredibly sad. You know, a lot of depression, a lot of depression that showed itself throughout an eating disorder. I don't know if there was alcohol and drug abuse throughout those times, but probably. And that one, that movie was... Spencer was, it was very artistically done. I did, it's not what I thought it was going to be, but I was okay that I'd seen it. But it's not one that I'm going to watch like over and over again, okay. like maybe some others. 
Yeah, I have to admit that I was actually, I spent a number of years as the director of entertainment marketing, both for imagery and film for celebrities at Getty Images, which is a Seattle wow. company. I also am obsessed with all things celebrity, fashion, entertainment. It was the the only job I had before this one that that all the work I did was stuff that I would do anyway in my free time. Yeah. Um, yeah. you know, I was subscribing to people in us weekly and entertainment tonight. And I was like, God, this is the best job ever. I, wow. I really love the Royals and the celebrity gossip and it's entertaining yeah, to me for that. I'm here for that all day long. A million little things is the other one. And I know we, we are need to wrap up, but have you watched that? I have. Have you seen it? It's an ABC. It's through the ABC. And it's a group. Basically, the premise of that show is there's a group of guy friends and one guy in the group. And this is the very first episode. So I'm not this is not a spoiler. He commits suicide. Okay. Mm -hmm. And he takes his life. And then what we see is how that plays out in the life of his wife and his kids and then his three best friends and yeah. then and their families. And it's there's th four seasons, four or five seasons out on a, a million little things. It covers a lot of different topics, but definitely there's enough of substance abuse disorder and mental illness issues that that one had to make the list. Yeah, yeah. No, that one looks really interesting to watch. If you liked uh, This Is Us, then you would probably like a million little things. Perfect. All right. Well, tell us a little bit about The Sober Curator and where people can find you and all the good stuff. Well, you can find us at thesobercurator.com. And we are on social media on Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest, Twitter, we're on TikTok, but not really, right? Yeah. We have an account. Like, don't go there. Don't follow us there. We do have an email newsletter. As we get, once we get on the other side of summer here, we will start sending out weekly emails again on a more regular basis. But really, the Sober Curator, if you just come by, you know, once a week or once a month and check it out, we have new content going up all the time. We have almost 30 different contributors. Most of them are in the United States. We've got two in Canada, one in Mexico, one in Australia. And they're all just working for you. We're not even a nonprofit. We're just people that love content. And we're trying to just curate this hub of great recovery lifestyle content. Whether you're looking for movie and TV show reviews, like we talked about today, book reviews, podcast reviews, merchandise, NA beverages, we're trying to cover it. And if you if you check us out and you're like, hey, I think they are missing this then let us know. We, yeah. you know, maybe, maybe you want to be a curator. I don't know. I love that you describe it of uh, thinking of the sober curator as your sober concierge. I just think that's perfect. Yeah. 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 And, and I also love you say you aren't in the business of telling anyone how to get sober, but you are in the business of keeping any person seeking an alcohol-free lifestyle entertained and informed. I love that. Yeah, that's, we really, we don't, we don't care. We're not here to tell people that, that the only way is the sober way, right? That's not, not everybody needs to get sober, but for people that have decided that that's their lifestyle, we just want to provide great content to feed that lifestyle. Yeah, I love that. Cause you know, I feel like a lot of sobriety or when you start exploring it, it's sort of like pulling a thread. You find one thing and you start pulling on it and then you find this podcast and that book and that group and that movie. But yeah. I love the idea of having it all in one place. You're not sort of 
hunting and pecking and trying to, oh, I didn't know that was out there or existed. I love that you're bringing it together. Yeah. Thank you. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for joining me. This has been really fun. It has been super fun. I loved being a guest. And we will get this, we will get this episode up on the site along with the list. And we'll just keep adding, adding to it, I guess. Perfect. That sounds great. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Hello Someday podcast. If you're interested in learning more about me, the work I do, and access free resources and guides to help you build a life you love without alcohol, please visit hellosomedaycoaching.com. And I would be so grateful if you would take a few minutes to rate and review this podcast so that more women can find it and join the conversation about drinking less and living more. It's easy to blame ourselves for our struggles with alcohol. We see people around us being able to control their drinking without any consequences, yet no matter what we try, we can't seem to figure it out for ourselves. My name is Jillian Teets, and I am the host of the Sober Powered Podcast, where I use my biochemistry background to explain the latest research in addiction and help you understand both why you drink the way you do and how to develop the skills and mindset you need to find freedom from alcohol. I discuss topics like why we think about our drinking 24-7, why we have no off switch, and why we crave alcohol. If you're struggling with your drinking or you know someone who is, then I hope that you will check out the Sober Powered Podcast. New episodes every Friday. See you there.